You're listening to Talkin' with Jimmy Shatz. In this weekly podcast, hilarious stand-up comic and girl next door Jimmy Shatz chats with any and everyone about any and everything. Check it out, check it out. Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Talkin' with Jimmy Shatz. On today's show, I have... Um, this young man with uh, skinny thighs, as we just discovered in the pre-interview. Um, so a warm welcome to Max Ferguson. Hello, hello. Hello, and thank you for coming. Thank you or so thank much you for, for having me. We well, are filming yes. right now. We are recording slash filming at the T-Spot. We are currently filming with Blunder Theory. Blunder Theory. Yes. And this is so exciting. It's, I'm, um, you know, moving homes for the day. Yeah. And you're where you belong. Oh, gosh. It was such a trek down those four flights of stairs. Right? And also, you've suffered um, a trauma this morning. Oh, yes. Um, well. Tell the people. <laughs> it was a bit smoky. I woke up to a very um, scenic autumn day for the beginning of November. Very fitting. A fire. Smell of smoke in the air from our neighbors, you know. Burning candles on couches. It was great. Is everyone okay? It sounds it. It seems it. The cats are fine. We found all of them. You protected the animals. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm the animal watcher. Oh, my goodness. Like nice Buffy man. the Vampire Slayer, but yeah. with cats we and had a you nice don't little... slay them. No, no, no. It no. was like a cat tea time at 6 a.m. Yes. In the bathroom. Very um, fitting because... The tea spot. Yes, yes. Let's so, talk about the tea spot. The tea spot is a relatively new YouTube segment. Sensation. I've, yeah. Well, thank you so much. The flattery is superb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was kind of birthed from uh, my realistic ventures in New York. Um, I moved here at the beginning of February. Right from Bethlehem. Yes. You know, a little Bethlehem. That's Pennsylvania PA. for you who are not geographically to par. I mean, we've got a star and everything, so who knows? You do. The second coming of Christ may end up there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so I kind of have been venturing around the city, and I found a need to find gay places for me to go, especially right. in the beginning when I moved here. Um, and I found it kind of hard to find spots to go to. Really? Yeah. I mean, other than like Google and looking at reviews and their like peak hours. Okay. Google has that kind of like wave thing where you could see the peak hours to go. The lifeline. Yes. Yes. Um, I found it kind of like a necessity to give other people who may be either visiting the city or new to the city like myself a kind of point blank view of places around the city that they could go. Right. Um, so we've done bakeries, we've done clubs, we've done karaoke bars, um, and now we're just kind of having fun with it in between our venturing segments. Like, like yes. <laughs> yes, 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 festival. Yes, festival. It was a highlight and a half. It was, oh my gosh, the lineup was great. And everyone I spoke to was just so kind. It was such a colorful, welcoming crowd. Everyone yeah. was happy to be there. And did you find, because I watched the video, obviously, and did you find um, a lot of youngsters, right? Well, my perception of young is a little difficult because I don't really understand age quite yet. Right, I'm like, you yourself are you are young. my age? I can't tell. Right. I'm like, I, I did see a lot of young twinks. Yes. So with that, yes, they, it was a younger demographic. Did you feel at home? Yeah. I mean, like, it was like gal time talk. We oh, were yeah. just spilling the tea. We were having our own little language going on there. Laura had to do, Laura, one of the producers for Blender Theory, had to yes, do Laura. Oh, so much editing with the, yes, you know. Wait, can you do the click again? Oh, girl, it just sounds good because I'm, like, literally eating this mic. Because I, my I friends make fun of me. All. I can't do it. Do you want to hear my me attempt to do it? Can you please? That's exactly what I did. No, you didn't. You did the. I do. It just sounds good with this mic. I... <laughs> you you have the whole technique down. Can you break down the technique? Are you gifted, or do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I know what you're talking about. Okay, because I work at it, and um, <laughs> see, you work at it. <sighs> Not 
No. <laughs> um, I'm just like, it's kind of like suction of the top of the mouth with yes, the tongue, yes. I hear. And you just kind of slap it down to the bottom back of the teeth. Where I'm all teeth and it's just. Yeah. I mean, when I get with like, you know, people who really know how to do it, you cannot hear me at all. I, as a joke, I end up going. <laughs> That's like my way of doing it. I'm like, now you know it's different. Here I am. It's me. I am an original. <laughs> it's gay Max, you know, the gay one. Maxwell. Yes. Ferguson. <laughs> you know it. So not to jump around too much, but the latest episode of the T-Spot which I loved, you're making Frosé, Max, oh. Max Margarita. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> was that inspired from you gallivanting around the city? Um. So the last two episodes that I did were kind of like a reflection of <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> Very much so. So I did like, <laughs> I'm by no way a makeup guru guy. I just kind of dabble and have fun with it. Um, Which it works. Thank you so much. Your eye, your eyeliner. I'm like, yes, palette. Let's Glitter. cleanse it. We'll see what we get today. It's always a crapshoot. But um, between like the makeup and the drinks, it was just kind of like an insight of what I as a twink do to get ready to venture around right. the city. So I, I think it's kind of fun just to showcase the ins and outs of gay culture for people who might not be gay watching right. like this is my experience i change like at least 10 times before i go out and probably end up with the first thing i tried on shocker always go with that gut but um yeah i i'm just kind of stumbling through at this point experiencing myself showcasing seeing what people enjoy and what they get out of it and you shot that in your home yes the the drinks yes that kitchen i know it was like a nancy myers film Fun fact, that kitchen is actually more famous than any of us in this room. It is? Yes. Why? So this house that we live in, this gorgeous townhouse, thanks Vonda High. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks mom. Um, it was actually in the movie Still Alice. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. With Julianne. Yep, and Alec. Baldwin and Kate Bosworth. Yeah. The performance of her career. I mean, in my opinion. Kristen Stewart. I didn't know that. Yeah. I meant Kristen Stewart. Mm. I mean, they were both in it, but it was Kristen Stewart. And then uh, that uh, really cute guy from Weeds who played Silas. Yes. Don't know his name. Not a name guy. Really? So this is where they lived. Mm -hmm. How funny. I have their tree. They left it? Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, yes, give me that Dracaena. I will cherish it forever. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had no idea. So that's why it looks so stunning. And you moved in. Yes. So we moved in here literally the week of Pride. Right. It was quite the glittery shit show full of boxes and drinks and dead phones trying to find my way back to a new space. <laughs> it's great. You know, the sun's coming up and I'm like, hey, strippers, help me get home. <laughs> but now you've adjusted. There's been time. Yeah, yeah. Now I could walk home blindly. How was your first Pride? Uh, well, New this York wasn't Pride. my first New York Pride. I, okay. I had come up two years prior. Okay. But this was like the first time I could really go out and venture, being right. like a full legal twink. It was, it was <laughs> superb. I mean, I had a great time. I dressed up, and it was, I think, one of the largest ones I'd seen. It was World Pride. Yes, yes. Yeah. And that was kind of like my goal moving up to New York was get here for World Pride. Yeah. Like, within the past year or two, I was like, I want to be in New York for the 50th anniversary. And alas, I did it. And you were, that's so funny that you were here two years ago. I feel like when, ever since you said you moved here from Bethlehem in February, mm -hmm. I have this fantasy of you just being like a small town boy needing the big city and taking two suitcases, getting on the Greyhound. You know, it. you know, three bucks, two bags, one me, one me <laughs> oh, who played that in the revival. Oh girl, you're asking a name. Sutton again. Foster. Oh, I know her before she was I a star. Know her. Oh gosh. NYC. Oh, have you ever flat. seen like those Sorry. reels though of the high school kids doing it? Oh, they're awful. Oh, it's great. It's a great montage. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Do you, wait, 
I have to ask because my friend from college, did she grow up in, she might not have grown up in Bethlehem, but she grew up in Allentown, which is close. Oh, yeah, super close. Were you, do, does, do the Freddie Awards mean anything to you? Oh, my gosh. Yes. My, oh, my God. Um, my neighbor helps. She works at the State Theater. That oh, my God. And she's always like an announcer for it. I, I went to a performing arts high school, so we didn't get to compete in them. Oh, okay. But I had a lot of friends from my whole home school that did, and um, I would also go with my neighbor's daughter, who was my age, and we would be like seat fillers. To yeah. Make the crowd look large when these groups of kids would go backstage and be ready to perform. To perform, number. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I loved it. The energy there was amazing. So, since you went to performing arts high school, you weren't eligible? No. That's really weird. Well, Is that because was... your school was talented? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no shade. Um, but it was kind of like a double-edged sword. So, like, if we won, people would get pissed and be like, "Well, that's not fair. They do this three hours a day every day." Right. And then if we lost, they'd be like, "Why do you go there? You lost. Yeah. You're no good. You're no good." So it was kind of like a, "We're gonna plead the fifth and just you do you. Scandal. We're here for the art, not the award." Well. My, as I told you before we started and we were just doing a little pre-interview, my parents have a house there in uh, Hellertown, which is strange. Yeah. Um, and as a kid, I remember, I think I was 15 or 16, and I turned on the TV and it was the Freddie Awards. Mm. And I peed myself. Oh, it's great. Because I just thought, this is this is wild. Yeah. It was really before its time, too, when it started. It was one of the first broadcasted events like that. Yeah. Where you saw young people experiencing the arts and really just showing a passion and going for it. Did you, um, when you were a kid or now, cause I mean, I, I still have this and it's switched since childhood. Do you have like a fantasy award that you want to win? No, I don't know. I was like prom King. So, I mean, I guess I but got that. You weren't that, 10-year-old gay in the bathroom <laughs> holding the shampoo bottle being like, I'd like to thank the Tony Awards. No, I actually was that kid that would literally run around my backyard. <laughs> this sounds really stupid. <laughs> but um, I would pretend to be like in a commercial. <laughs> okay. This <laughs> is Max reporting live. I was like, and you could click this link to blah, blah, blah. And then I would just like kind of stand there and pretend to be like, so like, like, Adora moment. Okay, where yeah. Where it's like, come on, boots. Do we take the river or the, you know, the street? And she waits, and then she would go on. Oh, my God. I would be like, I'm going to be a commercial actor someday. All right, well, see, I was excited to hear, like, your acceptance speech. Oh, gosh, I... I would just be so humbled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want it off the cuff now. I mean, I feel like that's how I mean, half the people not? get it. Do you it. Know? Half the people get it and they're like, the award, I wasn't prepared. The Emmy goes to for variety sketch series, the T-Spot accepting the award, Maxwell Ferguson. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor to be up here with such a star-studded group. <laughs> I mean... I am humbled to be in the same room as all of ye. You have 10 seconds. I just, I, I know the music's going to cut me out, but I thank you, mother, father, brother, dogs, anyone who has ever helped me along the way. I just, I couldn't be here without the world. La, and la, on that note, la, la, I say just, just la, la, look to see what I have in the works. La, I will be here. And commercial. <laughs> That was very good. Thank you so much. And you have a brother. I do. And I have a brother. I'm one of two. Ah, me too. Older or younger? Younger. I'm the younger one. Ooh. Look at us. Both gay? No. Oh. Is yours? Yeah. Really? Yeah, struck out twice on that one. Thanks. Oh my, what is that like? Um, It's kind of like having a sister, mm -hmm. except a little more complicated. <laughs> um, You know, because I grew up. Like 2008-ish was when I started to find my sexuality. And that was like when Glee started to become a thing. So gay was... That's probably what helped you realize it was okay. Um, That and then going to my performing arts high school. It was like, oh my God, boys like me? Well, fuck yes. I can say that. Of course. Okay, cute. Oh yeah, you can... Amazing. You can on here. I just get really passionate about sexuality. Please. Um, But yeah, it was kind of hard before that. And then it was hard for him... As well, because, you know. How much older is he? 
I'm three years older. Oh, I'm sorry. You're the older one. I'm I'm the trendsetter. Right. Okay. I'm the younger one. Mm-hmm. How is that? Um. Well, my brother and I are very different. Mm-hmm. I'm the actor. I'm the performer. He's the athlete. Uh, um. We didn't get along when we were kids, but now we're thick as thieves. And he is the most supportive brother of everything I do. I love that. Like comes every every year for my birthday I do an hour special mm-hmm. and he's the first to stand and he's just the greatest. I feel like that is more often than not the case though with siblings. You go through that rough adolescent oh, patch yeah. where you're like, I'm no longer a kid. I'm finding who I am. And then like college hits and you're suddenly like this we can be friends. We can do we're adults we're in this now. together. Life sucks together. When mom and dad go, it's gonna oh be just us. God, I, I'm not mentally prepared. It's gonna be great. I mean, do you ever like share yeah. clothes with your brother? Because that's usually what my brother and I get angry at each other for. Oh, really? Oh my gosh, all the time. No, we never share clothes. I used to take his shirts when I was a kid. Mm put them on they would hit the floor uh, and then i would put like my little shirt over it and it was like kind of a dress i love that so you know? much <laughs> I, and i'm I would, visualizing like, it now i would run down to the water because we had a house on the water in the hamptons Ooh. and oh yeah privilege so aesthetic and so aesthetic and <sighs> my um my dress that i made would get like wet uh this sounds like I a would, disney like, moment oh, it was a moment <laughs> i think i i was channeling ariel i was gonna say and then you turned into a mermaid. Exactly. Swam oh away. God. Did you watch Little Mermaid? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. Uh, she cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love her. OG Bay. Um, but let's just say I was really happy they showed a lot of the movie by the end. Um, that was kind of its saving grace. Uh, I was blown away by the first number. That production Rightfully number, so. I was like, oh, yes, a bunch of sailor men doing cartwheels and tricks. It was just, and the transitions were smooth. Queen Latifah? Uh, I thought she was the best. She was the best part to of be the honest. whole thing. Um, <clears throat> but I, I talked with my mother about it because my mother was like texting me during it being like, is anyone hitting the notes right? And I was like, <laughs> mom, no, you're right. No, they're not. Um, but... She was like, Queen Latifah's just kind of playing Queen Latifah. And I was like, you're right. I mean, it worked because it but was the best that, thing. Isn't that Queen Latifah's M.O.? Yeah. That, I mean, when you're buying into Queen Latifah, you're buying Queen Latifah. She's she's sort of, no, she is a one-trick pony. Yeah. But with the best trick. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I feel like that's to be said about a lot of people in Hollywood. And that, to me... Is um, the difference between a star mm. and an actor mm. or actress? That's so true. You know. Yeah. When I go see Julia Roberts films, I'm just going because it's Julia Roberts. Well, and the thing about that that I think is a little tricky is sometimes you're thrown into stardom because people see that in you Mm -hmm. when you do come from like an acting perspective. But to make the money, you sometimes just continually get typed into these roles. Exactly. So for an up-and-coming artiste, it's hard to really commit to your art when people are committing you to bits. Right. So I feel like it's in that tricky sitch where you know, you're thrown into stardom instead of the work, allowed to prosper. The yes. I mean, like a Meryl Streep, she is an artist because people are like, that's what you're known for. You've paid your dues. Yeah. You can do whatever you want now and you do it well. But I mean, like people like Emma Stone or Jennifer Lawrence, I feel like have a very hard time breaking their mold. Right. Especially as women. Right. It's and yet so successful. Oh, so successful. I mean, they're household names. Yeah. But they're stars. Yeah. Because they play very consistent roles. Yeah. And they're both Oscar winners. Yeah. For lead. Mm-hmm. Do you love La La Land? Oh, I do. You do? Yeah. I have such a love hate with it. 
I thought it was um very pleasing. You did. I felt things. Do you love um Ryan? Um, so so. I think what really angered me in that movie was the tap dance number. Um uh, by on the edge. after yeah, after the party when the yeah. sun's going down and they're finding her Prius. Um I was just I was not because blown the away. technique wasn't there. Yeah. I was like, I mean, anyone could drag their shoes on the ground. Yeah. Do some arms. I was like, don't don't do something you can't do. I saw it twice in the theater and the first time I really hated it. Really? I really hated it. And I think it's because I went at a time after it was built up so much and I was expecting something different. And I left the theater and the only thing that I enjoyed was the opening number. Oh, I thought the great. opening number was, I I mean, Damien Chazelle, wow. Mm-hmm. Mandy Moore choreographed it. That, it was When impeccable. the credits rolled, I thought, Mandy Moore's choreographing now? But it's another Mandy Moore. Who knew? Oh. But I, yeah. And then the second time I came around and I felt like, I can get into this. Uh-huh. But then award season started happening and they were winning everything and I was not. I was so thrilled. Did you watch mm-hmm. that year when... It was like La La Land. You know and how then, many people oh, turned no. it off and they were like, It ah. was Moonlight. Uh-huh. I was so happy. It was so funny though, because everyone who was like, Oh, I hate this, and they turned their TVs off. They had no idea what happened. How amazing the guy, I actually think he's such a cutie, but the um Jordan, I think his name is Jordan Horowitz. I know you're not good with names. Jordan Horowitz, who was one of the producers, okay. and he rips the rips the thing out of uh the card out of Warren Beatty's hand, and he's like, "No, Moonlight one." Oh, like, he's so angry. yeah. I know the face. I was like, uh-huh. which rightfully so. Imagine well, you've mean... just been told you won the Oscar, and then they're like, "Oops, sorry, oh, girl. Warren Beatty read it wrong." Or then I would start just like asshole. digging my grave. Oh, I would die. I'd be like, "Well, my obituary states <laughs> did not win." Terrible. <laughs> but just kind of back to Little Mermaid for a second. I want to know your opinion. I don't understand the live no. phenomenon anymore. You know, they did Sound of Music a couple years ago, and I know that's not Disney, but they did Sound of Music, they did Grease, they did Peter, um, Pan. Peter Pan. And I feel like with every single movie that they do, maybe just off of my Facebook and my Twitter and my community, but people are outraged Mm -hmm. and they continue to do this, which I guess the the network, the studio is making money. Well, yeah, I think it's also kind of like how people are really bothered by um, the live actions that are coming out. You know, it's just like, well, it's a, um, it's a whole nother era. Yeah. It's a whole nother generation. Did you like Lion King? I haven't seen it. Really? really care so were you not a kid who loved the lion king growing it up it wasn't my favorite okay no favorite disney um ariel really okay yeah. so little mermaid is your favorite well um growing up Eric i have was hot. i mean i love mermaids that's my thing yeah like my bedroom growing up had stenciled fish all over the walls like i was living in a 90s wonderland of fish all over my walls yeah it was great like that's who I was. I was a merman. I was, I was I sold was a on that. I was like, "Don't throw water on me. I'll turn into a fish." Never happened. Never happened. But I wanted it. Interesting. I, you know, the Little Mermaid. It's so iconic, but I never get that as a favorite. Really? Huh. Most people say Beauty and the Beast or yeah. Aladdin. Well, I mean, who doesn't like Aladdin? Aladdin was hot dead. too. Oh my god. My list of Disney princes is Aladdin. Well, Eric is one. Oh, for sure. Aladdin is two. Okay. Philip is three. Yes. Sleeping Beauty. Prince Philip. Yep, yep, yep. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Did you see Maleficent yet? The new one? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I haven't gone yet. I don't know how I feel. I don't know that I'm going to go. Me neither. I think I'll just wait for me to pirate it online. <laughs> Did you see the first one? Yes. I was very disappointed. I just, I don't know how I feel. 
with these villain origin stories. It's too much. It's a whole nother thing. I'm like, Disney, you're just trying to get money. And off of that, if Disney has so much money, why was this Ariel live so atrocious? I mean, those costumes under the sea felt so flat. Sebastian looked like Michael Jackson from Thriller. I think they're just, they're cheap. I It was. It was very cheaply made. They're doing it done. so fast just I mean, to get it out. But, like, you have such a brand. I mean, I guess at this point, everyone's already invested. They're like, oh, yeah, Disney. Love it. I'm invested. And kids. Kids are watching, and kids are not like us. They're right. not nitpicking, like, ooh, right. the costumes and Under the Sea, and ooh, Queen Latifah was doing her Queen, La- you know? Yeah. I was just underwhelmed. Yeah. I was like, any musical Can number. Can you ever just be whelmed? No. It's like either What's over or from? under. 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I know you can be overwhelmed and I know you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? That's the question I to bring into 2020. In Europe. <laughs> I think. I love these bits. <laughs> oh my God. So, what about stand up comedy? Not for you? Not your thing? Um, I'll give it a go at some point. I find myself to be reactionary funny. Okay. I don't know how to set up a bit, but someone sets it up. I will spike that volleyball down to the ground and get a laugh here and there. Okay. But um, I don't know. I've never given it a go. Interesting. Did I don't know yes what I would talk about. inspire you? Um, you would talk about everything you do on the tee. Yeah. Slash, like, I mean, I've thought about it, and I'm like, I I think I have a good bit explaining me and my brother both being gay. Like, I think that'd be funny. That's four minutes of material right, right. there. Slash, like, I could just kind of riff off that if need be. But um, outside of that, I don't know what's too funny. I'm probably just doing, like, weird faces. What about, noises. do you have, like, a survival job? Uh, I have a few. Okay, I'm what a chameleon of jobs. Um... What I do most consistently is I figure model for the School of Visual Art. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. I pose clothed and nude. Okay. And I really love it for, like, live art classes because I did art in college a little bit. You must make good money. Um, It's 20 an hour. Nothing too crazy. But they're okay. usually, like, three-hour classes. Yeah. So depending on availability, you can Gee, really make cash. bank. No, it's direct deposit. Okay. So I'm like, good. I don't need cash. I will spend cash. Just go into my bank account, please. Tis true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also do set up and deconstruction for large-scale events with Raul Avila. He did the Met. Okay. And the Tonys. Um, so you were at the Met Gala. Yeah. Well, I set up the Met Gala. I was, okay. like, there till 5.30 spray-painting roses and putting them on strings to hang them for Anna. And they don't let you go? No. That's terrible. Well, I don't think a lot of his team goes. Well, I think if they're like the Met staff is lucky to go. Like when I was leaving, oh my gosh, it was kind of like Cinderella leaving the ball, being like, "Oh, you all look so pretty." The time is like done. I would dress up like that in a heartbeat and just do a Yui around the corner and come right back. Yeah, but um, I mean, I liked the magic of it, you know. Yeah, kind of like seeing the inn before everyone else. What was the Tonys like? I didn't do the Tonys because it was my brother's 21st, so... Oh, okay. We had a gay old time in NYC, bopping around. He came to stay with you? Uh, he stayed with his friend in Brooklyn. Okay. And we just all ventured out together, him and his potluck of youngins. And he's still in Bethlehem? He actually just moved to Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah, he goes to school there now. Okay. Um, For, I'm pretty sure, hospitality, hotel management... Kind of like event organizing. He's a big festival gay. He's a big festival gay. Yeah. Does he look like you? Not really, no. Well, we either get twins or dating a lot. Oh, God. Yeah. Is that weird? Flip side of the coin. I'll happily take a twin. I'd rather not date my twin. So. Well, but that's kind of um, funny because, you know, gay men like clone fuckers. Yeah. A lot of the time. Yeah. Do you find that? But we don't really look alike. He's got, like, long, dark, curly hair. Very, very skinny. Right. Very, very makeup gay. Um, His fashion is also very different from mine. Even though we, like, pull it from each other's closets, we kind of make it our own. How would you describe your fashion? Uh, hmm, Probably, like, California beach bum. 
And him. Like a New York twist. Him. He's more of like the Vans. Um, oh, really? Yeah. He's more of like a boy. But like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to explain he's him. Because like he has boy, very feminine like features. Okay. He's like everyday fashion in the world is like boy. Like he wears like Lucy loose jerseys and like looser pants or like ripped jeans. I have to see a picture when this um, is over. And then, continue. yes. And then um, when he goes out, he's like super gay. You know, mesh crop tops, corset, uh, fishnets, you know. And I'm like right there with him with the crop tops, fishnets, corsets. I don't fit into corsets, but yeah. like mesh shirts, you know. I would wear a everywhere. mesh shirt every day of my life if I had your body. <laughs> I just love. You should I have love seen me mesh. two years ago. <laughs> Different, so much better. Oh really? Yeah, it's just like hard when you move to the city. You're just like living a life, and you're like, oh gosh, I could do like ninety crunches, or I could eat like ninety crunch bars. You know, <laughs> especially now that it's getting cold, I'm like, I need insulation. Yeah, it's time to put on the pounds. Like, I'm not a winter wardrobe but you're person. You're so skinny. Yeah. You don't think so? Oh, no. Are you one of those people? I mean, like, you're what? Like, no, I'm you... fat, but you're skinny. Well, you know, like, everyone in the gay bubble yeah. has a sense of body dysmorphia. Of course. Believe it or not. Oh, of course. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not my ideal self. I know I'm, like, if we're relating to people, I'm, like, quote, unquote, better than most. But I'm, like, not my best self. Right. Like, I know out? I could be better. Um. When I'm motivated enough to do so. Where do you work out? My bedroom. Okay. I don't do gyms. They kind of scare me. Okay. Um, gym rats scare me. I get a lot of performance anxiety yeah. being there. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I should do the 20-pounder. Just kidding. I did one rep. That's enough. Now we're going to go on the elliptical. <laughs> I'll stretch, too. I'll stretch. Do some core stuff. Yeah. Well, the gym can be very intimidating, the weight section. Yes. Because people that That's are... That's what I need to go there for. Yeah. Like, I, I could do everything else at home, but weights. Yeah. That's an investment. I actually love to lift. I don't look it, but I love... Like, I can deadlift. I'm I'm very bad at math, but I'm up to, at the gym now, I lift with a friend of mine, and I can do... So the bar is 45, Shit. and then I can do 60 on each side. So that's 120... Plus an extra 165. So I can deadlift 165. Oh my gosh. And I can bench. You could deadlift me. I can bench the bars 45 and I can put 25 on each side. Uh. So we were talking earlier. This is like a crossover, like mm -hmm. SVU meets. So, I mean, it's, it's the clashing of gay worlds right here. it really is um, i feel like now the interviewee becomes yeah, the interviewer exactly. in this portion of the show so now switching gears to switching spot land um <laughs> could you explain a little bit what birthed this for you what kind of inspired you to start a podcast and how well, be i've always been told here? i have the face for radio oh <laughs> well that's a nice breaker <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no well. kidding. I've always <laughs> felt that. But um so I I'm from here. I'm right. from New York City and I went to school in Massachusetts and I came back to the city and I was like living at home for a little and then mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out, you know, like what am I gonna do? I'm an actor, but like work's not coming yet. Right. What am I gonna do? I dabbled in stand up, I dabbled in cabaret. How did you like you know? How did I like it? Mm -hmm. Well, I still do stand up and I love it. Yeah. And cabaret, like I'm not really a singer. I like to mm -hmm. pretend that I am, but it was more like storytelling hour with song. Yes. You know, that's the nice thing about cabaret. It's a marriage exactly. of like song and storytelling. Exactly. And I was doing it at the duplex. Oh, okay. Which I'm sure you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, the iconic duplex where yeah. Barbara adjusted the light and found her manager, mm. Streisand. Gosh. You're not I didn't know that story. Barbara, right? No, no, no. I know Barbara. Okay. Yeah. So my best friend, who I produce everything with, he said, you know, we should do a podcast. Like, oh. you love to talk to people. You're very chatty. You're very off the cuff. And we came up with this title, Talking Shit with Jimmy Schatz, which really, you know, talking beep with Jimmy yep. Schatz. And I just started interviewing um, 
friends, comics, actors, and I just love it. Yeah. Like I love, um, I mean, yeah, I just, I love talking to people. I'll talk to anybody. I love I that. talk to strangers on the subway. Mm. And sometimes, you know what I've learned? People just need someone to listen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so we started doing it and we were recording it and I was like, this is so much fun. Yeah. And now two years later, here we are. So now that you've kind of had two seasons under your belt, do you go in with any sort of like game plan of what you want to get out of a podcast interview? Do you kind of cater it to the specific interviewee? It depends on who I'm interviewing. Okay. Sometimes they're all business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're fun. They're always fun, okay. but sometimes they're fun business, and sometimes they're just fun. Okay. You know, just like giggling with your gal pal. Love that. You know, like key, having a kiki as uh -huh. the young as the young <laughs> kids say, I'm trying to remain young. Mm. I'm 32 kiki. in January. Oh, so. my gosh. Ooh. I know. I need Are eye cream. a Capricorn? I'm a Capricorn. Ooh, fun. Fellow Taurus over here, so. Really? Really grounded sound. When's booth. your birthday? April 25th. Okay. And as in Miss Congeniality, you know, it's the perfect date. It's warm enough to just wear a light jacket. I would have to say April. <laughs> oh, God. What happened to her career? She oh. was the best. I don't know. Right? Cheryl. I think she's done other things. Really? Yeah. The face is familiar. I'd love to have her on my podcast. But, yeah, I just, you know, I've learned, I think what I've learned is you got to cater to your audience, mm -hmm. but you also have to cater to your guest. Mm. You know? Okay. And I would say 95% of the time, the people that I interview, I've seen them perform. I know their resume. Okay. I... I, I'm ready to go. And a lot of it is off the cuff. But you know what you're getting into. But I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So, like, for you, for example, I was in the Yes Festival. Right. I I went first. I had to run, like, a bat out of hell. So, sadly, I didn't get that camera time with you. Oy. But I knew, like, oh, okay, Max is someone who does this mm -hmm. and, and does that. And, you know, you got to... I don't know. That's, that makes sense. <laughs> you just got to make it work. Got to make it work. <laughs> off the cuff. Love off it. Off the cuff. So um, going off of interviewees, are there any dream interviewees down the line? People in like your realistic spectrum that you could probably land and then people in the far off future for you? Oh, God. Realistically. Well, I don't know how realistic it is. Well, no, it could be realistic. I, For me... We can make it real. In the realistic spectrum, I would love to interview more comedians who are established and been in the game for years, but have not quite broken yet. Okay. For example, when you say to the average person, like if you took a microphone, you went to Times Square and interviewed 100 people... Do you know Amy Schumer? They would know Amy Schumer. Right. If you went into Times Square and you took a microphone and you said, you know, do you know, um, ugh, I'm telling the story. I don't even have an example. <laughs> Who's a good example? My favorite comedian in the world who is such a star, Jessica Curson. Oh, okay. She does a lot of stuff, but she's not, you know, Amy Cat status. <clears throat> right. I feel like Jessica, if you listen, I hope you don't think this is shade. But there I, I guess what I'm getting at is there are all these comedians who are so flippin' talented and they've been in the game for so long, but they're not at that level, like with the Dave Chappelle, with the Amy's, with the Kathy Griffin with the, you know, Wanda Sykes. And I would love to interview them like a Jessica, like a, um, a Mark Normand, uh, you know, and just about their journey. And, you know, what is it like for you 10, 15, 20 years in the game? What keeps you're you You're still out yeah. there hustling. What keeps you going? Um, so off of that, what do you think separates you know, the star-studded comedians from 
the average Joes who have been paying their dues for years? What do you think really elevates a comedian? Well, I think that it's a little cliche and a little too on the nose, but I do stand by. I think it's really being in the right place at the right time. And the power of social media is so powerful. Mm. And um, there are comedians, I won't say names for this because I want to remain political, but there are comedians who are at the top. And when they drop a special, everyone on social media goes Mm. berserk. Like, how is this person this? How is this person that? I don't know that voice. Um, (laughs) And I think that it just goes to show you having the right people in your corner and having um, backers and being in the right place at the right time. I can't stress that enough. It's just so, it's so important. I have always felt in the end, funny wins, but I don't think that anymore. Hmm. I think it's hard work and who you know. Yeah. Well, and I think the loophole with funny wins nowadays is that everyone is just so hypersensitive. It's, Followers win. Yeah. Numbers. Numbers. Numbers win. Numbers win. I mean, it is a math-based world, and really I am is. not good with numbers. So it is true. <laughs> but that would be cool for me to interview comics who have been in the game and just, you know, what keeps you going, what motivates you. And then I think dream guest, mm-hmm. Oprah. No, I'm kidding. Ha. Um, <laughs> dream guest, um, well, SJP, Ooh. Sarah Jessica. Yes. Because she's been my dream since I was a child. Oh, girl. And I hate to brag and name drop, but I... I met her a couple years ago and we kind of like bonded. It's a long story, but we kind of bonded. I was her server. And then I moved to another restaurant and 12 months later, 16 months later, whatever, she came into the new restaurant and she remembered me and she asked me all about comedy and how it was going and, oh, I want to come see a show. And she just was like the most generous, lovely person. And now she's been back to the restaurant that I work at a few more times. And we have this like witty banter. And I, I mean, I would never, you know, I'm not that girl. I would never be like, I have a podcast and right. I would love for you to come and be. You don't write it. it on your check. You know, like, like, hey, here's out. my business card. <laughs> but I would, I have so many questions for her. I love that. Just about, you know, her career and her journey. And, you know, she comes from nothing. They were very, very poor, her family. And, um, you know, what kept her going. And she had this interview one she did with Barbara Walters. Okay. Back when Barbara was like Baba still, you Wawa. know, Baba Wawa, back when she was still doing her specials or whatever. And I don't know why it always stuck with me, but I remember her talking about to Sarah Jessica about her childhood, Sarah's childhood, mm-hmm. asking her. And Sarah said something to her about, you know, I didn't, we didn't get Christmas presents. We didn't get birthday presents. It was not what we wanted. It was all about need. And um, I was, I don't know, I was so touched by that. Well, it sounds really refreshing, too, that she seems so down to earth. Oh, she's so down to earth. Because you hear for, like, some of your favorites that they're kind of like the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, 100%. I mean, I've heard, I've heard horror stories about people that I used to, or still do kind of idolize. But I mean, and when I say that, and I'm not going to go into it because I'm not that kind of girl. You know? Yeah. But when I say that, I only ever believe it because I hear it from what I believe to be a direct source. Mm. So, like, maybe I'll tell you when the camera stops rolling and the recording button stops. I'm all ears. But, you know, Blank did a movie mm. with a friend of mine who worked with Blank every day for six months. Right. And my friend was like, Wow. Blank might have this image of being wonderful, right? But rare. And so, yeah, I can say, as someone who's had witty banter with her, she's a doll. Huh. And I never use that word, but she's a doll. She's a dear. Why not use the word doll? It's just, is it too outdated? I don't know. I never use it. You should bring it back. And I'm always shocked when people, even some people your age, mm. will say, like, hey, doll. 
But maybe we could bring it back. I think that'd be so cute. Right? Yeah. Do you have a dream guest? Oh. A dream face, since you're not good with the name? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I'm a sucker for Leo. But, I mean, he doesn't do anything in the gay spectrum. So, right. no, not going to happen. I feel but like, I love what he does for the world. I feel like he wouldn't give you much. Oh, no. He's so private. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, I just do my job. And my job is to save the earth. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like with a T-spot, I'm also just learning so much about gay culture yeah. and names and the weight of names, especially in New York. It's a name game. Oh, the gays now. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't even pronounce it, let alone spell it. Who knows? The gays will come for you. Yeah, they gosh, know I the know. names. After this, they're just going to be like, who is that? They know. They certainly you know. know it. <clears throat> but um, back to podcast do you have any excuse me specific long-term goals coming out of this are there any end goals for you with this well i'm in the process of planning i want to do a live show oh that's because that's something that i've always wanted to do and it seems to be all the rage now Mm. but in terms of long-term goals with the podcast i think it's just to gain a following Mm. And keep putting out, like, fun, smart, sharp material. Right. Just kind of grow that sort of fan base yeah. and like-minded individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I believe that I'm going to get 10 seasons out of it, you know? But it's working now, and for as long as it's working, you know? Would you see or say that you would want to maybe do, like, public radio? Or, like, live radio streaming? Is that anything that oh, you feel that, like you would be doing? That would be so much fun. Yeah? That would be so much fun. I feel it's right up your alley. Oh, so much fun. You know, like, live sort in person of, right off the cuff. Um, uh, not sort of. Uh, a goal of mine, a dream of mine is, um, you know, uh, what's his name? I was t- talking about you earlier before the show. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, you know, he has yeah. a morning show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On, You're right. On Series XM or something. I think so. Yeah, and I hear I him all like, the time. Yeah, I feel like that would be so much fun. Yeah. I would love to do something like that. Well, and before you were mentioning sort of, um, you know, the Kelly and Ryan sort of show. Oh, the dream. Yeah. It's so that's, dream that's like over. the end all be all for you, I right? mean, hello. Well, I mean, they've gone through male co-hosts like it's their job. So. It could be live with Jimmy and Maxwell. I mean, I'll take that. Could you imagine? Do you think America's ready <sighs> for two gay hosts? How about like a brunch? That sounds more on the gay spectrum. Yeah, slash, like we're not morning people by the sounds of it. We're really not. So give me we a couple of mimosas, Bloody Marys, and waffles. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Wait, I feel like, oh my God, I feel, like, I feel like an idea has just been born. Ah. It would be a weekly talk show. Oh, yeah. But we would, you know how talk shows are Monday through Friday? Yeah. It'd oh be like God. a Sunday. I feel like Sunday I feel brunch. Like putting this online is like they're going to steal it. So um, if you're listening, we've already had this copy written. Yeah. Um, Trademarked. Our show would be two days a week, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, I love that. And it would air from 12 to 1 or 1 to 2. Oh and my it gosh. would be brunch with Jimmy and Maxwell. That'd be so cute. I die. I'd love that. I die. Well, I mean, You'd get some candid Sunday Maxwell after a Saturday oh night goodness. out. <laughs> and we could pull like, from um, that uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley song like, I am the cute one. She's just my sister. <laughs> you could be like, I am the thin one. <laughs> He's, He's just, just, just my just mister. My, my... <laughs> like it could be a little song. Oh my gosh, I love that jingle. <laughs> just so everyone knows it's happening. Just so everyone knows. Well, also, you mentioned that you do serving, right? Outside yes. of podcasting, outside could of you podcasting. extrapolate a little bit on like your quote unquote <laughs> real world job? So I work at a restaurant. Uh-huh. Um, now that I've already established that I wait on Sarah Jessica, I'm not going to say where I work because ah, Sarah, I protect your privacy. Oh, um, but I work at a restaurant mm-hmm. in, I'll say, in the West Village. Oh, and spot. um, yeah, and um, I have to say, um. It's so interesting because I'm still in the phase of happiness. I'm still in the the hope that like it won't be forever. It's just the survival right now. Mm. But it can be very taxing on my soul sometimes because I work with a lot of professional servers uh. and they're very sad and angry. 
Yeah, I feel like that's you know, the service industry in New it's York. It's very, very sad because to me, for example, I'm going there later at 4.30 today. Um, for me, it's very much like I make my money and I go home. Mm-hmm. And I told you earlier on, you know, early, earlier on, early, yeah. early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> grammar. <laughs> um, I love talking to people and I love listening to people. I really genuinely enjoy... 75 80% of my tables and okay. I I really put on a show for them like I take the order but I'm also like what's your name and I'll tell like a joke and they'll be like you should do comedy and I'm like well I do come to my show December 3rd eh. West Side Comedy Club 7 o'clock oh my gosh and some some of my really good friends have been customers ah huh. yeah um do you feel the customer demographic in the village is like a very fun, forgiving bunch. Like you kind of survive and thrive there because of where you are. The places that I've worked in the West Village, the clientele's great. Right. Um, but it it depends. It can be hit or miss. Especially yeah. the restaurant I work at right now is very expensive, mm-hmm. which draws you know we draw the richie rich people. You know it knows up. Mm-hmm. And it depends. Like some people are really just there and happy and here to have a good time and other people are very entitled Mm. excuse me ooh belch entitled and um awful yeah so it really depends huh but you gotta and that's another thing is you know what it's like with comedy you gotta know your audience yeah i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna do um a cum joke at um, an all boys high school, you know, like oh, that's God. not something I, I'm Why not? Do. I mean, like high school boys like come. I, I guess that's true. I mean, we've all been there. But, you know, you got to know your audience. Yeah. Hello. Do you find that when you <laughs> serve tables, you kind of put on a character? Um, Like make you were saying you make it a bit of a I show. I mean, I make it a show. Yeah. But I don't know necessarily if I make it. Um, I wouldn't say a character. No. I mean... Like a different side of self? Yeah, I mean, I sometimes with the right table, I'm like a little whippersnapper, mm. you know? I'm thinking the other... So it's last... kind of like luck of the draw, like when you have people on the podcast. Oh, yeah. just go into it and you're like, well, this is what you're getting out of this it today. This is what's happening. Love that. But I had someone the other day, and he was cute, and he was kind of flirty and um, older, Mm -hmm. and uh, money, 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 like you could just tell. You know when a man has like a white button down on, and it looks like it's been sewn onto his body? Oh. And you're just like, that's what money looks like. He's got a trainer at Equinox. I mean, trainer, tailor, who knows what else. The whole shebang. (laughs) But we were having like this whippy, um, witty rapport, and I thought I found that I was sort of, you know, being another side of Jimmy that I don't always let out. Ah, huh. okay. You know, yeah, it was kind of like birthed in conversation. Have you ever served? Yeah, I served back in Bethlehem at a country club. Oh, all the ladies loved me. Of course, they. I did. was like the young giggly twink. Of course. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. How you here, doing? Here I am. Here's your blue moon, sir. I know what you like. Like, it, it was one of those things where yeah. you're like, I know your name. I know your face. I know your order. Um, And I had, like, a doll who taught me everything I know. Joanne. She was, like, this Such older 60-plus-year-old woman. She'd been working there for years. Oh, I picture her with glasses and gray <sighs> hair and a bun being like, Maxwell. She's the sweetest. Here's what we're doing. Oh, my God. She, <laughs> she was so over everything. <laughs> And she gets so much shit because she was, like, not welcoming. Here's the side work. Yeah, she was just Make sure you feel the sweet and low. She loved me because I made her laugh. See table four. Yep. That's Brenda. Yep. She's always here. She's like, I'll take her. I know what they want. She croutons in her salad. (laughs) She's on low carb for 20 years, never lost a pound. Yeah. She's like, you see the Murphys over there? She always gets the extra large salad, but remember to bring two bowls of side balsamic. And she likes Swiss cheese. We don't put Swiss cheese on anything, but we'll put it on hers because she eats that. 
and a side of sweet potato french fries. Wait for Mr. Murphy, because she eats real slow. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Wait for Mr. Murphy, or we'll be here all night. Get him on McAllen's 12, he'll be good. Oh, I have a bottle of that at home. Oh, girl. that no, You made it. <laughs> I'm still on, like, that loco life. You should come over. You can have some. We'll I invite mean, Laura. I'm about it. Get me that brown liqueur. I'm it's here for delicious. it. It's delicious. And I, I have a massive bottle of Johnny Walker Black. Mm. I've really been getting into it lately. I don't think I've dabbled that. Mm. But, I mean, now that it's getting colder, I think I'll expand my... Tis the season. My palate. Scotch neat. Yeah. Gosh, by the I fire. Feel like my father. Although I have no fa- fire, so. Well, I mean, just come here. Our neighbors have them all the time, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> so, just to kind of, um, I guess, wrap up. Do you have any life advice? Any up and coming artiste in the queer community that's coming to New York? Be your authentic self. Mm. Be you. Do you. Don't listen to the people who tell you, you know, like, oh, you can't do that joke. That's not going to get you a late night spot. Don't worry about your late night spot. Cut the shit. Don't do bringers. Mm. Go do a mic or four. Make some friends. And you know what? Produce your own stuff. Yeah. Find some, for lack of a better word, shitty downtown bar. Right. Go in, get a cocktail, talk to the owner, be like, my name is so-and-so. I would like to do a Tuesday show here once a month if it's picking up steam twice a month, whatever. Right. And um, make it free. But the people coming have to get one drink or right. something and just sort of uh, carve out a niche for yourself. Yeah. Because I, I mean, that's very important. The work you put up front, you'll benefit from later on. Exactly. And remember to be nice. Yes. Because it's free. Yes. Being nice is free. And you don't have to be everybody's best friend, but even the ones who might seem like they're doing more than you, doing better than you, Mm -hmm. that have like a little attitude, it's going to come back to them. Yeah. It always comes back to them. So stay true, be nice, carve your niche, make your own path. And um, don't compromise who you are for anybody. Yeah. Because your day will come. Amazing. I mean, it's 2019. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost 2020. It's almost 2020. Oh, a new decade. This week on 2020. Oh, God. Maxwell Thank God I've got that vision. Woof. Year of me. Right? Um, And one follow-up before we part. How do you find... um, your sexuality to kind of identify you as a person, an artist, how you kind of carry yourself through the world? Oh, what a question. Thanks. I thought we might get a little philosophical by the end. So oh here God. we go. How do I, could you ask it again? That's okay, over so, my head. Um, being a member of the LGBTQ <laughs> community, we're going to bring it down for you. Um, how do you find that AIDS or inhibits your perspective of the world and how you carry yourself through it. I think that, um, oh my God, you re- this is like Pulitzer. Uh, I try. <laughs> uh, how I carry myself? Yeah, like how you kind of walk through the world. I think that I just, you know, I feel like, I feel different. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to feel different. And I, to be 100% truthful there are times where I almost feel like do I even fit in in the LGBTQ community like do they like me and I think it sort of piggybacks on piggyback it's <laughs> it sort of piggybacks on what I said about just do you and don't worry because I feel like I am my own person and I just have to do what works for me right and that's how I carry myself. And there are days where I think like, oh, I'm not in the club. Yeah. Or like, oh, I'm not, you know, doing meth. Right. But I just, you know, I have to be Jimmy. I have yeah. to be as Jimmy as possible. And that's so much easier said than done. So much easier. Oh, it's a lot of work. My therapy bill's high. Ah! 
Well, that sounds like part of the gay club there. So, I mean, you got one up on me. I mean, hello. <laughs> Did that answer your question? You really yeah. threw me. That was a yeah. very, I mean. No, I liked it. I liked coming the coming for that Oprah chair. I mean, Oprah, Baba, who knows? We'll see someday. And just to wrap up with you, in terms of you mm -hmm. and the T-Spot uh -huh. endeavors, where would you like to go? Like, where, like, what do you see, where do you see the T a year or two from now? I don't know if I can staple it to a year or two from now, but I would love for this to become a sort of worldly YouTube. Yeah. Where I travel around the world and understand the ins and outs of gay culture in that space, um, bring light to gay issues wherever I may be visiting. Tel Aviv. Um, yeah. Or Chechnya. Bring the crew. Chechnya. I'm like, girl, they need help. But um, just kind of like bring light to that because a lot of that is overlooked by mainstream social media. Right. And kind of prepare gay travelers of what to expect right because i know it gets a little dicey over there every country is very different with their laws their ruling you have to know their culture. how to navigate yeah so i think long-term goals is to kind of you know i go around the country of course at first to see because every state's very different at this point in time i mean it is 2019 we are vastly different depending on where you are. Um, but then to kind of get a little larger and take it to a worldly view. Right. Since that kind of is the world we live in. Everything's just like at each other's fingertips. Everyone knows what the other's going through in the blink of an eye. So There's I nowhere think, to hide. Right. I think it would be great to make that even less, you know, shine more light. Cup kunka. Yeah, what you said. Tai. Ah, <laughs> not the first place Sorry. I'll visit. <laughs> um, well, like, this, was, or Australia. this was a joy. Thank yeah, you for, thank you for having me in your studio. And thank you for inviting me on your podcast. I mean, hello. It was great. Can I do my exit for you? Oh, yes, please. So, everybody, this was Talking with Jimmy Schatz and Max. Maxwell, <laughs> Maximus, Maximilian uh, Ferguson. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Be kind. <laughs>